Welcome to the Brain Trust Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. Whether you're a leader, a coach, a salesperson, or even a parent, this podcast focuses on how to leverage the science of decision-making to help you become a more impactful communicator and a driving force for change. Welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. Today, you're going to be introduced either for the first time or reminded of who you really enjoyed in season one last time. Two of my favorite human beings on the planet, Stevie and Cezanne. You might know them from years ago as just the digital influencers as they made their way through from Instagram and all social media. And they have just still millions of people who, who love, respect, and follow them. Uh, but the last time we talked to Stevie and Cezanne was pre pandemic. And they weren't even in the, the, their new house in Texas yet. There's so much change going on. And what I wanted to bring them back on for was to not only get an update from them, but to hear the evolution of their lives over the past couple of years and how the impact of what's happened around us has influenced their calling, their purpose, and their passion. So Stevie Cezanne, welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Hey, everyone. We're so happy to be back here. It's good so to be fun. back and not in my mom's spare bedroom. <laughs> Which That's is where, where we, we did that interview. Time we did the interview. <laughs> and I think it was a laptop angle, just totally double chin all not, there. Yeah, bad so lighting. A little bit you know. better of a setup now. <laughs> That's exactly right. So if you, if you didn't listen or you weren't a listener yet, I know we've got a lot more listeners now than we did then even. Um, go back and listen to episode one, episode nine in season one. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna retell all of their why story, but it's a it's a really powerful story, their backstory. Because I really wanted that's a little bit rear view. We're gonna go more windshield, I think, with this episode on 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 where they're going. And and I just couldn't wait to to dive in to see the updates that you guys have made in your life. So let me start with this. Let me ask the big question first. So as you mentioned, you were in your mom's bedroom last time because of transitions from your house in California. Where the heck are you now? What's life look like for for you two? Man, we are, um, so we're in Austin, Texas. We are so blessed, man, because I think when we were talking to you, we hadn't even bought our house here in Austin, Texas. We were in a crazy transition between California and Austin, which we didn't even know, I think, at the time that we were going to land here in Austin. I mean, that whole journey was, you know, it was pretty crazy. We, we moved to LA, lived there for seven years, fell into the influencer space, both pursuing media and broadcast. And, uh, and you know, we sold our home in LA. We just both looked at each other one day in May of 2019 and said, I think we're supposed to sell our house. I don't know why, but we're supposed to do this. And so we had no idea what was going to happen to us, but which was about a year long journey of searching for home. You know, we, we continue to pursue houses in LA hardcore. I was, I was bent on it, man. I was like, I'm staying in SoCal, baby. Yep. You know, we left the Texas heat. We're staying in SoCal. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think it was right after, probably a couple months after we had our interview with you where, you know, I remember we were laying in bed, we're in Austin and we hadn't found a house in LA. And Sad said to me, she said, you know, babe, I, I don't know why I think God's saying that we need to stay here in Texas. And I did not want to hear that. And, uh, but I knew in my heart that she was right. And so basically what happened was in about March or April of 2020, right as the pandemic is happening, we sign on this beautiful dream house of ours. And as we're signing the papers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To close the deal. I remember Donald Trump is on CNN in this closing office saying, you know, this is, 
this is officially, you know, it's official. This is a pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. we're in a state of emergency. And I just think, oh, we're screwed. Like our house is going to go down. Like it's going to be down, you know, 50% in value and all this crazy stuff. But long story short, being planted here back in Austin has been a huge blessing. The house obviously did not go down in value. In fact, it doubled in value. And God has really planted us around family and a good community that we didn't have uh, in Los Angeles. And so now, I guess, through the whole pandemic, Suzanne and I have become so passionate since we talked to you about what is the good life. Yeah. Talking all about what the good life means. And real quick, I think, you know, talk about um, driving change. You know, when we were going through that transition period, going from LA back to Austin, there was that fear and that mindset of like, wait, we moved to LA to sort of push forward and move forward and chase these dreams, right? And there was this lie that said, if we go back to Texas, we're not actually going to see the, the changes in, in our career and we're not going to have as many opportunities. And it was just all of these bogus myths and lies. And I just love that, you know, even though we were uncomfortable with the decision, it's not like when I felt like the Lord was telling us, you need to sell your house. I was like, yippee, let's sell our house. I just thought, what, why? And when we were called to stay in Texas, I also felt like, you know, kind of like when my kid is tugging at my shirt and she's like, but why mommy, why do we have to leave the park? I want to stay. I want to stay. I felt like I was doing that a little bit with God sort of wrestling with these emotions of not understanding where are we going to be? Where are we going to get planted? But what a blessing it has been, like you said, Stevie, because we've had time, time to tuck away and really dig deep, deep into our hearts and sort of remove the fog that LA was for us. And we've been really able to focus. And now we have a true message, you know, that we want to commit our lives to both on and offline. So that's fantastic. And I, um, <clears throat> we're going to get into that message. And I want people who are listening to start to think about one of the things that we hear a lot from uh, um, our clients and in the economy and the business world through the pandemic has been, whoa, it's the great resignation. And everyone's been right. talking about the great resignation. And I keep telling people, I'm like, nope. You got it wrong. It's been the great reflection. And I think, you know, in some ways, this is that idea that God, you know, what when men plan for evil, God intends for good. Sometimes it can take a pandemic and cause people to really reevaluate mm-hmm. their purpose. Yep. And, and we talk to, to to VPs and HR people, executives, and say, look, you have to evaluate the culture that you created pre-pandemic because your people are evaluating and reflecting on what really, truly matters to them. And if, if this company you created does not provide them a vehicle for their personal vision, they are not going to leave you because they don't want to be here. They're going to leave you because they're being called into a different place. And you guys had a chance to do that as well, it sounds like, just with your own careers, right? So maybe start to unpack a little bit of what you learned and and what you're now doing, because what I want people to think about as they're listening is not just, hey, this is Stevie and Cezanne's story. This is your story. This is just their version of your story. And so how are you experiencing the great reflection? And then what are you going to do about it? And that's what I want to hear from, from you guys now. Man, it's a good question. Fire, fire word. Yeah. Jeff, taking us to church up in here. <laughs> Amen to everything you said, by the way. That was amazing. First of all, I think Suzanne and I just have to obviously thank God for just just this tremendous amount of grace over our lives. Um, you know, when we talk about the good life, it's not it's not accomplished or attained in its fullness without God's grace over your life and knowing that and receiving it, you know. And so first of all, I just want to say when we talk about the good life, you know, it's not tooting our own horn. 
fact, it's just following God's example, his leadership as a father, as a friend, you know, and as, and as Lord and Savior. And so, you know, when we moved back to Texas, it really became, um, we didn't know that we needed refuge. We didn't know that we needed uh, rest and recuperation. We didn't know that we needed more peace in our lives. I think the rhythms in our lives that we were living in in Los Angeles, when, you know, we kind of got swept up in the social media world, going to all these big events, doing big things. The rhythm of our life wasn't, it wasn't right. Things were broken. Things were uh, tattered. Things were messy, you know? And while we had all this love for, you know, each other and for our family, the rhythms we were living in were just, it was like grinding gears. You know, we could feel over time, like we are going to wear ourselves out. We're going to get tired of this. So when we came back to Texas, right, we're here through the pandemic and we're living in Austin now through the pandemic. And what the pandemic allowed us was space for so many people, allowed us space. And some people got really uncomfortable with that space and they did not confront, like you were saying, they didn't awaken. They didn't see the things that were right in front of them where God was kind of just saying, okay, now there's some time and there's some space here. And what are you going to do with this? And Suzanne and I, so we got pregnant with our second. Suzanne was carrying our second during that time. And I just remember, you know, through it all and, and through the hardship of it all, I just remember us taking time for the first time, honestly, in our adult life, taking time to evaluate and to look around and to, to ask ourselves the question, like, what is really important? What matters the most, right? And we finally had the space and the time to do that. And that's where our revelation of what the good life really means started to come to fruition. And so as Suzanne and I were taking space and taking time and we're pregnant with our second child, we have our second child, Amari. And I would say that's when really God like started impressing upon us. I told Suzanne this, I said, you know, I'm so glad that you told me that we need to stay in Austin. This was after we had our second. I said, because I look back on the life that we were living with our first, when our first baby was born and her first year and a half in, in LA. And I said, I know now that had we stayed in LA, we would have missed our kids growing up. I said, we, we would have been there, but we wouldn't have really been able to see the beauty and the fullness of what God was doing in their lives and our lives because we would have just remained distracted by all of the things, all of the fun even the fun, even the friendships, we would have remained distracted. And so I remember when we had our second, Amari, who was born November of 2020, those first few months, I remember, you know, even in the first couple months of, of, you know, having a new baby and things being hard and, you know, obviously much harder on mom than dad, but we just looked at each other and we're like, we are going to love this time. The time when we're waking up at 3 a.m., you know, the crying and the two kids and the expanding family and running a business. And we're going to cherish every single moment because even in the hard, there is so much good. There's so much good. And so Suzanne and I started to fixate and started to think about all the good that was around us. We started to look for the good, you know, in, in every single uh, place in our lives and our business and our family and our friendships and, and our own relationship with God. And that's when the development of what the good life actually means started to really take and, take and, and it's amazing because, you know, while we were on that journey, we still had our good life podcast, you know, but it was almost like God was continuing to unravel, you know, this beautiful definition of what the good life is. You know, if you look up the good life definition, there are a number of definitions, worldly and spiritual. I mean, there's just so many definitions. And Stevie and I said, well, how do we want to define the good life, you know, and we feel 
through our own personal journey and testimonies that, you know, the good life, it's not called the great life for a reason. It's because good can be great. You know, so often the good life is defined as a life that is, um, you know, a life where there is the tons of splurging, success, you have everything, the happiness is derived from the accolades, the metrics, your bank account, and, you know, the quantity of, of your life and what you have and how big your house is. And, and we knew that that's not the definition that we want to live by when it comes to the good life. For us, it's like the good life is a life where, you know, you can find joy and fulfillment in the now, you know, just Despite not being where you want to be, despite the daily challenges, you can still see the good. You know, not every day is a good day, but there's still good in every day. And I think that's something that we're learning as, you know, we're in our early 30s right now. And we've gotten to taste success at those levels that I was talking about, like the big bank account and the opportunities and these mountaintop moments of hitting the million followers. And when we got to those markers and those milestones, it wasn't what we thought it would be. It sort of felt a little empty and we just thought, wow, what a blessing. But at the same time, what's the next thing? You know, you just kind of keep going to the next thing and the next thing. And we see that repetitively in, you know, our culture, in society, you, you just aren't satisfied. It's this lack of just being truly content with where you are right now. And so, the good life for us is just really, we want to be an example and challenge ourselves to love where we are right now, despite having the goals and the dreams and not being where you want to be, right? But there's still so much beauty in the moment. And we don't want to miss out on those moments with our kids. We don't want to miss out on those moments with family and friends and community. And that's just so important to us when it comes to the good life. It's not just about success and what you do. But it really is about the community that you cultivate around your life and so many other things. So Stevie and I really are on this mission now to just spread that good word um, and encourage our community and hopefully the world as well. Well, there's just so much to go through with what you guys just said. <clears throat> and the one phrase that stuck out to me, Suzanne, that you said was, um, you know, not every day is a good day, but you can find good in every day. Or how, I think that's how you said it, right? Yeah. Can, not mm -hmm. every day is a good day, but you can find the good in every day. Uh, I mean, and then Steve, you're saying the same thing essentially was you guys made it. And this is the thing that I, I think is really problematic with where we are right now as a culture is we, we let life come at us reactively and we don't take intentional control over our thoughts and our mind. And, and you were saying you guys decided to kind of put a flag in the ground and take ownership over how you were seeing and experiencing life as opposed to reactively just trying to do what you needed to do to get by, to get to the next step, the next level, the next plateau. Now, is that something that, and we know from the neuroscience standpoint that you can, you can train yourself, right? To think like that. Is that something you guys made a conscious decision to say, Hey, we are going to do this. And here's three things that we're going to do every day to keep our mindset on intentionality around looking for the good or experiencing the moment or whether, whether things that you, you do that to help you do that every day, or is this part of who you became? I think it's part of our, part of who we became, you know, and I really like credit it to God's grace and, and leadership, you know what I mean? And his hand over our life. And I believe his hand is over all of our lives, but how close do we want to know him? You know, I think God's door is always open, but is ours. He's like, I'm right here. Not only is this door open, he's with you. He's right there. 
He's like, do you want me involved? You know? And when you welcome it in and you say, I want you involved because there's some brokenness, there's some trauma, there's some old things that I have, you know, maybe I can't see straight, maybe I can't think straight, but I want you involved. Can you just, can you show me the way? I remember, you know, over the last couple of years, it was like, God would always talk to me at 2 a.m. when I had to get up to pee in the middle of the night. I was like, man, I got to pee. I need to stop drinking so much water. I love drinking water. But he would just drop these thoughts on me out of nowhere. And it was, it was always, lo- it was like a loving, stern father encouraging you to say like, there's more. And I think, you know, for Cezanne and I, people maybe look at us on Instagram, you know, we show our best selves on Instagram often, you know, and so it's fair to say, well, look at you guys. You got it all together. It's nice, isn't it? You know, it wasn't always that way. You know, we were very broken, you know, before we got married. We, we had a hard path to get to the altar. And once we got there, you know, we also struggled with, you know, things in our marriage in the first couple of years of our marriage. But what we've remained dedicated to is each other. We're dedicated to each other, to choosing each other. And also to pursuing the Lord at all costs. And so we put that, that is, that really is the trunk of our tree. We're like, he's first and we're, and we're, we're next, you know, and if, if we're aligned with him and we're aligned with each other, we really can't go wrong. We can lose the house. It can burn down tomorrow. We can lose our business and it would really hurt and it would really, really suck. And we really don't want it to happen, but we got us. We got the most important thing because we realized our relationship, you know, and our relationships and our family and the community and the people that God has placed around us. Those are the most valuable things, you know, those are at the highest, highest realm. And so, you know, for Cezanne and I, when we, when we think about, uh, you know, the good life and how it's not like Cezanne said, the great life or the peachy life, the good life oftentimes is a good fight, you know, and Cezanne and I have battled through our own demons. For me, my journey was through uh, identity and depression. And for me, waking up, there's a lot of times even nowadays where I have to choose and say, you know, I don't feel that great right now, you know, or mentally, I don't feel that strong right now, but I know the truth, right? And I also have to look around and smell the flowers. I got to look at my wife. I got to look at my kids. You know what I mean? I got to spend time with God and even doing those things on a daily basis, being grounded in good, right? It allows me from going too far you know, from getting too far off track, getting far off the rails, because we all have bad days. We have terrible days. We have nights we can't sleep. But you know, if you wake up the next day and you got another opportunity, his mercies are new every day. And so I think that closeness uh, with God and with good community has really been a huge difference maker in our lives for the last couple of years. And also for me, you know, I am very much, I've become, I've sort of conditioned myself this way naturally. It's like when I moved to LA, and even prior to that, you know, building this whole online digital journey brand, you know, I knew I had to be very committed and very disciplined and very routine. And I saw after a certain point how that actually, for me, is a blessing and a curse. And I have to know when to sort of put a stake in the ground and say, okay, hold on, you know, I'm going too far off on the productivity scale and trying to do everything very programmed and you know, and for me, I've found that God has shown me to walk away sometimes from me actually wanting to be high functioning. Um, you know, I'm very, a, I'm a very high functioning person. I'm, I'm a Martha, right? And I, I at times I'm like, wait, I want to be a Martha and a Mary because, you know, that's like the ideal <laughs> balance. But God has shown me in those moments, I've sort of been able to now identify when I'm kind of getting a little too high functioning, trying to get all of my things tasks done that I miss out on just being with my kids. 
And I found that like, there's really no such thing as like balance. You know, when people ask you as a mother and a working mom, like, how do you balance it all? I feel like balance can be found in the day to day by maybe it's doing one thing. For me, it's like kind of escaping away to just do a quick workout or something to clear my head. Also, it's these five minute detours that you can take in your day. It doesn't have to be these larger than life moments and these huge expressions of love. But when I just take five minutes to walk away from my work and see that as like a blessing and a privilege that I can go, you know, build some blocks with my kids for five minutes, it's uncomfortable actually for me to do that. And I've had to sort of force myself to walk away from the laptop and go sit with my kids and just enter their world for a second. And nine out of 10 times, I always walk away from those, those, those moments and I'm, I'm more filled up than they are. I'm like, whoa, that five minutes just like totally changed my whole outlook on today. And it's looking for those little moments in your day, you know, and I think we can all do that. And like Stevie, you were saying with the whole feeling thing, I think that's so spot on. I think we're living in a world today and we fall to this as well. It's like your feelings and your emotions can lead you and they can lead you astray. And I've learned that your feelings are feelings, but your feelings are not God. God is God. And I think it's so important when you start to feel like your feelings are starting to rule the world and rule your world, you've got to stop and you've got to get tethered. Tether yourself to what is the truth and get yourself back down to reality. (laughs) Um, Not to say that you can't feel those emotions, but you don't want to unpack them and let them live in you and live there because they start to roll you. And we've seen plenty of times how the enemy tries to take those emotions and steer you in every which way. And it's just chaos, clutter, and just a mess. So I want to encourage anybody listening just to be able to identify, you know, what's ruling your day. You know, is it, is it those emotions? Is it, what is that center for you? You know, and that's just really been our compass that's helped us when we start to fall astray. That's good. That's really good. I think what you guys are talking about a lot too is our emotions, these kind of episodic emotions are typically irrational, reactive responses to a perceived threat to our self-preservation. We don't think of it that way because it's happening at an unconscious level. And, and the more you're rooted in the wrong identity, the more you lack the ability to regulate that emotion and define it properly in the moment. And so what happens is you just react and, and then your relationships impact, are impacted negatively all day, every day. And then some people never really get awareness that that's happening. And that's the ones that are really in a lot of crisis in relation, you know, relational crisis in marriages and in parent child relationship and all that. That struck me. The other thing you guys said that really struck me as powerful was I I was thinking about, I feel like, you know, whenever I have a guest on, I start thinking about and praying through, Hey, what is it? What am I hearing? What am I supposed to talk about? What is this? Where's this supposed to go? And What's the journey supposed to look like, not just for this episode, but the people listening? And the word influencer kept coming back, kept coming back, coming back. And I kept thinking, well, why are you, God, why are you dropping that word in me for, because you guys obviously influencer, marketing, all that kind of stuff that's kind of caught on. And then it hit me. It hit me right before we turned the record button on, before you guys came on. And we're all influencers. And the question isn't, are you influencing someone? The question is, is what are you influencing them to do? And have you turned your influencing into an identity, which turns you into an icon, 
which made you more about what you were doing as opposed to who you were influencing and how. And you guys have made that journey from the mountaintop of being a, quote, influencer, almost to icon status, to recognizing that, man, God entrusted you to have influence on a large group of people about how to live the good life. We're all influencers, right, to our families and our kids. And some of us have influence over millions. Some of us have influence over two. But what are we influencing? And you guys, I love the journey you guys have taken because now you're still influencers, but you're focused on what you're inspiring people. You're more inspiring influencers than just, you know, social media status icons, right? Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. You Thank know, you. I think, you know, Susanna, we moved to L.A. It was all about us. You know, I remember when we both moved out there right out of college, Sazan was like, I'm going to be on E! News. And I was like, and I'm going to be at the Oscars. You know what I mean? Like, this is what, this is the plan, y'all. Here we come, world. <laughs> y'all ready for this? And I truly believe that we have, we have the talent and the capability to do it. I still believe that. But God had other plans and that's okay. And I remember, you know, our dreams were disrupted, but we had to be flexible enough to allow God to disrupt our dreams so that he could take us down a better route. And I'll tell you what, that transition is really hard. That submission is really hard. There was nights, you know, where we cried, you know, like we, we had to give up that passion and that dream of ours. But God's like, guess what? I'm not going to take this away and not replace it with something that is actually better for you. I've got better things for you. And if you would just let me show you I'll show you something amazing. And so he starts taking us down this influencer path. And we, like I said, we get to do all this really cool stuff. We're in rooms with big actors and celebrities and Kim Kardashian. You know what I mean? Everybody's there. And so as I look at each other, you know, at the end of the night, we go, no, it doesn't matter. It's all smoke. And these people, these people that are held on a pedestal that have so much influence, they... They're, they're hurting. Self-absorbed. Yeah, or they're, they're hurting. Just, yeah, they're hurting. They're self-absorbed. They're lost. And so what are we doing if we're just a part of the crowd? And so coming back to Texas and really getting rooted and grounded, you know, where we're from, coming back home, you know what I mean? Good old Texas folks. Coming back home, you know, we really started focusing on how can we inspire people and not just say like we're quote unquote influencers because we have followers, right? How can we actually influence? What does that even mean, you know? And so for us, it has been about kind of redirecting that focus instead of saying like, okay, we just watched the J-Lo documentary. I don't know if everybody has seen it <laughs> on Netflix, but we watched the J-Lo documentary. Saz wanted to watch it. And so we watched this J-Lo documentary. I mean, you think about J-Lo and they go through all of her accolades, man. I'm like, she has really done it all. She's an incredible person. But on the other side, this whole documentary is just about her going for more. And I'm like, looking at J-Lo, I'm like, you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You've made it in acting. You've made it in singing and dancing. You've got kids. Like, you you got it all. You have everything you you could want, but you still want more. And I think at a certain level, like Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous to see that it's not the answer. And Susanna and I have tasted a smidgen of what Jim Carrey's talking about. Just enough to know, like, this is not it. And so I think there's so many people who are listening to this podcast, so many people out there in the world. A lot of people our age, millennials, they want more for their life and that's okay. But wanting more and fixating on, well, I didn't get this, you know, or I didn't get that dream that I wanted. Fixating on that keeps you from loving and embracing the goodness that God has placed all around you right now. 
I mean, you can be a father of beautiful kids and you can never even take a moment to look down and go, wow, I, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my life. I mean, I got trapped in that, you know? I'm speaking from personal experience here. I look back on the first year and a half of my first daughter's life and I took a lot of good time with her. But I think even in my heart of hearts, I'm like, man, I wish I would have slowed down more. I wish I would have taken more time with her because how quickly that goes. And so I carry that with me now, you know, for with our, for our children and for, you know, our marriage. And so what, what I would want to influence people on is that you are an influencer, you're an influencer in your family, at your workplace, most importantly, over yourself. You can influence yourself by saying, you know what, like you were saying, I'm not just going to react. No, I'm going to take the reins in my life. And I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to be derailed. You know what I mean? I'm going to be responsible for myself. I'm going to be intentional for my own life and pursuing happiness. Like you can be happy. It's not this thing that will constantly elude you. You can actually choose to pursue that and to be happy. That is, that is real. And so I, that's how I want to encourage people. Mm. I want to encourage them that like your life doesn't have to be picture perfect because trust me, a lot of them are and they ain't great, you know, but God is with you right now where you are. He's with you in the hardships and those hardships produce uh, a beauty and a blessing on the other side. If you will allow them that yields so much more riches than all the Kim Kardashians and the big stars have. And And I quickly just want to add to that, Jeff, too, when you were talking, babe, I think we do live in a world, we get caught up in this all the time. It's that FOMO, right? That social coined term where it's this fear of missing out. You look to your left and you look to your right and you see this mom is, you know, doing this and this couple is doing this or this person's career is looking like this. I think it's just, even for me, it's like how Stevie said, influencing yourself. It's kind of that like, gut check, heart check moment with yourself when you realize, what am I chasing here? What is this fear of missing out? What am I truly missing out on? What do I, what do I want? And I realized I don't, I don't care about that FOMO, that fear of missing out on the worldly, okay? Because we all know that, that is, this is a pit stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're here for a limited amount of time. But when I thought about fear of missing out in this way, I thought, wait. That actually hits me right straight to my heart and my soul. And that is, I have this fear of missing out on what God has for my life. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God is putting in front of me every single day. And I think if we have that type of FOMO, we're going to find a lot of healing and a lot of peace and just a lot of blessings that we can collect that are right in front of us. And so often, myself included, we miss out. We miss out on the blessings that God has for us and right in front of us. Ooh, that's fire right there. That's what what you're getting into is, and I love this because, you know, we teach a lot of this, obviously, with the brain is that idea of the anchoring effect and comparisons. But what I'm hearing you say is it's really prayerful perspective is the trigger to to proper comparison. Because if you're not listening to what God has for you and who he wants you and what he wants you to compare against, you're going to compare against what the world tells you you should compare against, which you'll never, you'll never live up to, right? Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's that prayerful perspective that you said. You completely flipped your perspective on what you were comparing to. And that, that really triggered you to say you wanted to miss out on the good life. Because you thought you were pursuing the good life, but as you guys defined right. the good life, turned out that wasn't the good life at all. 
uh, it turned out the good life was way over here. So you weren't even comparing to the right thing to even know you were missing the wrong thing, right? Exactly. Wow. And and it's easy to do. It's, It's so easy to do, right? And you constantly have to remind yourself. You know, you have to stay rooted. You have to stay grounded. You have to stay connected. And I think so many of us too, like we don't even feel connected to our own lives. You know, we, we're like, I want to have, I want to have those moments in my life where I look around and I feel it. You know, it's like, I feel it. I feel blessed. You know what I mean? I, I look around and I, I see my wife and I have that movie moment with her. You know what I mean? You can have that. But I was driving one day and I was like, man, so many of us, like including me, we want to feel that connection, you know? We, we, read the, we read the novels, you know what I mean? And, and we fantasize about like, man, what a great adventure. What a great journey. We see the movies and we think like, man, is that real? Is that only in the movies? Can I have a little bit of that? Can I have a taste of that? And I believe that God writes it. He wants to write a love story in our lives. You know, he wants to write a dynamic, creative, adventurous love story with our life. But will we let him? Will we give him the space to do it? When we get out of his way and when we just follow him, because I believe he really, really wants to do that. And he doesn't want to just do it for one person or, oh, them or them and not me. That's not true. It's yeah. for you. It is for you. He sent his son for you. He tore his soul for you. And he wants you to have a good life because he wants to, you to experience his goodness, his riches, his love, his laughter. God's funny, man. God's always playing jokes on it. And he wants you to laugh with him. And so I don't want people to miss out on that. Like that said, like what God has for them, even if he's got big goals for you to, to have a platform somewhere, that's great. But he also has little goals for you too, of like taking time every day to be with him and be with your family and to laugh yeah. and to like create space for yourself. In the United States, man, the great country, but man, we don't know how to sit down. Have you ever been to Europe, like Switzerland on a 2 p.m.? At 2 p.m.? <laughs> Everybody's sitting around drinking a beer and you're like, what do you guys actually do? Like, yeah, is, this, right. is this normal for you? I'm like, I wish we could sit around at 2 p.m. and drink a beer, but you know what? You can, you know, create that space for yourself. And so it's like, man, God, God, like, he's like, y'all have complicated this life, man. Y'all have made this life so complicated. Like, just, just be, just look around at what I did for you. Have you seen the mountains lately? Have you looked up at the sky? Have you seen the right. trees and the birds? I, it sounds cheesy, but I mean, it's real. Yeah, love this life, man. Love this life. That's awesome. Well, I heard a message this past weekend and the pastor was talking about, you know, it was on the topic of worship. He said, we're all worshiping something. The question is, what are you worshiping? And then we're all, I think the same vein you're talking about, Stevie, we're all pursuing something. What are you pursuing? And if you pursue the right path and you're able to listen, you got perspective, it's going to be so much easier. Because now I'm just listening and following as opposed to trying to actually produce. And it just it doesn't, I don't know about you guys, but every time I try to take control and produce, I end up going, you know, five miles down a road I wasn't supposed to go down to run through a brick wall I was never supposed to go through. Right, when, yeah. Now God's still on the other side of it, kind of laughing, right? When he said, hey, did you not hear me back, back before <laughs> yeah. you got off that exit when I told you to go left and you said to go right? Yeah. Ready to go yeah. that way now? <laughs> So he doesn't ever leave you, right? He won't ever leave you or forsake you, but he will, he will kind of let you go down the path until you decide to look up, yeah. right? <laughs> he goes, that's is that, okay, that's what you want. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You can have it. See, see what you think about this. I remember when we were, when we got pregnant with our first. So in 150 years, there hasn't been a firstborn um, girl on my side of the family. So, you know, I'm thinking, yeah. 
we're having a son, you know, we're, we're having a boy, you know, we're having a son. And so, you know, we get pregnant and it's Valentina. And I just remember I was so struck by that. You know, I was so struck when you told me you came down the stairs, we were buying our first house in California and came, I came down the stairs because it's a girl. I just remember I was kind of melted. Like I literally felt this softness come over me for real, <laughs> like melted butter. You know what I mean? Just soft and mushy. And I was just like, wow. And I remember God said, you know, there's grace for her. So we middle named her Valentina Grace. And so I thought, you know what? We got pregnant with the second one. I was like, we're having a boy. You know what I mean? I was, I was already like in my head, like we're having a boy. And Suzanne even too. She was like, I think we're having a boy. So when the doctor called and told Suzanne she was having a girl, it's sad to say there was, there was some moments. There was some moments there of disappointment. It was like, okay, how many kids are we going to have? You know, are we going to get a son? Will we have a son? And I remember we were taking a long walk and Cezanne, you know, poor Cezanne, she was like, babe, I feel really bad. Like, I, I want to give you a son. And I was like, babe, this is not. <laughs> Felt like I was living is, in the old days I know. I'm like, this like, is not. I need to give you a I'm like, son. We, yeah, I know. I was like, babe, the first of all, like. The English not, air like, must produce the son. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's like like Queen yeah, Victoria. Like, he's I'm like, not what? even the first male born. <laughs> oh yeah, you wouldn't have even been the king. But I would. I just want to be clear with everybody. I wasn't like you should bury me a swan woman. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like honestly, babe. I was like God has already got this person picked out. You know what I mean? Like I know he's already got this person picked out. He's got a destiny for them. And I remember when we were taking that walk, and this was right around the time we were also transitioning from Texas to Cal- pandemic, from California yeah. to Texas. There was so much change happening that we we kind of felt swept up in, you know, we felt up. We were like, we sold our house in California. We didn't think we were going to be, you know, homeless for a year, living in between places and going back and forth and being on this wild journey and buying a house in Austin now. You know, we kind of got swept up in this journey. And, and like you said, it was like, God was like, all right, I want you to take this exit. And we took that exit and we were like, hey, what are you doing, man? Like, are you serious? Like, this isn't the right. And he's like, just be patient. Just, just, just hear me out. Let, let's keep going. You know, it's like when Waze takes you on the back route and you're like, are you sure this is right? You're like, right. it's Waze. They got to be right. They got the data. God's got all the data. Right. <laughs> and so I remember when we were, we find out we're pregnant with another girl and there's that moment of disappointment and we're walking and I'm kind of just taking it all in. And I told Suzanne, I said, you know what? I said, babe, there are so many times in my life where I literally get the opposite of what I want. I'm like, I'm seeing a pattern now, you know, God knew I wanted to be an actor. Well, he flipped that on its head. You know what I mean? And he gave me something different, but it was better. God knew we wanted to have, you know, a son, but now we got two daughters and you know what? It's his plan and it's going to be even better. God knew I wanted to live in Los Angeles, California. It's been my dream my whole life, but he told us to leave. And now we're in Texas. And I believe it's going to be better. And we spend so much time, oftentimes, fighting God when we take that detour, questioning him. Is this right? Is this good? This isn't what I wanted. And because of that, I'm not happy. And we don't let him finish the sentence. He's like, I'm not done writing this sentence. Mm-hmm. Would you let me finish this? There's a but. There's an and. There's an or. If you just give me the time to do this. And so we spend so much time fighting him, resisting him, the things that he's doing for our good. He's doing them for our good, even when they're hard. They're for our good. And I told Suzanne, I said, you know what? I finally get it. I don't want to resist God and his movement in my life just because it's opposite of what I want in the moment or what I think is best for me. Because he knows. And I've seen the evidence. And so now I don't want to waste time in my life saying, God, are you sure? I just want to say, 
yes, God, you're good. Thank you. You want me to take that exit? Let's do it. I'm scared. I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to be honest with you. But you know what? I know you're good. I know you got the data. And we'll get there. And, it's and in record time. <laughs> um, can you, and by the way, let everybody know your obsession now with our second born? And man, can I just say, oh my gosh. you think, oh, oh, another girl. There is no another. Oh my gosh. This human is her own special being. She's me. And I'm like, whoa, girl. you are like a copy and paste of your daddy. It's like, she's <laughs> her own breed. She's going around town, like just trolling her big sister. Like, and it's amazing because I remember when I found out I was pregnant again with the second. And I just remember I had a really hard first pregnancy. You know, it was a lot of surrendering. It was a lot of like me having to understand the importance of letting go of control and being okay with these fears of the unknown, which is pregnancy. I remember when I got pregnant again, I thought, this is my second shot. This is my second chance at pregnancy, you know? to take back the control in the areas where I know I can and to truly enjoy the process and trust the process and not worry about the unknown. So there was a part of me that I remember going to God and saying, God, we're doing this again. And I know the first time was very wild and crazy, but I'm excited I get a second chance. So when I found out it was a girl, after that walk, there was something in me where I did feel like the Lord was like, I'm giving you a second chance we're doing this again and you're going to get a beautiful little bundle of joy with some big old cheeks at the end of this thing. And that's exactly that what happened with that second pregnancy. And I do feel like had it been a boy, there might be the human side of me that might have said, well, this pregnancy was easier because, you know, I was having a different day. It was a boy. Boys typically, you know, you don't gain as much weight and this and all those things that women, you know, talk about. We're easy to deal with. We and, 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 and I was <laughs> like, oh, the pregnancy, just a little, all this stuff. I knew what God was doing. He truthfully was giving me a second chance. And oh my God, he knew I needed best friends. Those two little girls are literally my best friends and sometimes my only friends. So I am so blessed <laughs> that awesome. we have, um, and we're not done yet. You know, we're, we're, we're trying for number three as well. And, and we've said this time, God willing, whatever happens, happens. If it's a boy, amazing. And we say, if it's a girl, I said, I was the third born girl in my family. So just, it's been amazing to see how God has used all of these things in our life to just show us what the true meaning of a good life is and, and how we can honestly live a good life, despite it not always turning out how you want, like Stevie said. So. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, not that that God, you know, channeled the Rolling Stones, but, you know, we don't always get what we want, right? But with, with, with this path, we get what we need. And I think that's the, that's the brilliance here is surrendering to the journey. And if you guys want a new product idea for your website, I was thinking as you were talking, Stevie, is instead of ways, we're going to come up with a spiritual journey app called Gaze. Right. So where, 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 you, where are you when you get off? Where are your eyes? Because you better call your lawyer and get that trademark real quick. <laughs> we, can co- we, we can co-develop that. We'll co-develop that. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That'll be That's a awesome. brain trust SNS product right there. That's amazing. Hey, I like that. Let's talk after this. <laughs> so before we go, and I know we've, you guys have given us a lot of your time. Thank you. It's so great to hear your, your update and your journey and, and how inspirational you are to all of us. 
Uh, where can we go now to learn and just follow you guys and, and follow, not follow the journey, but be inspired so that we can activate those same things in our lives? I know we've got the Good Life Podcast. So if, if those of you who weren't listening the first time a couple of years ago, the Good Life Podcast is phenomenal. You might even find an old guest on there who sounds familiar. I'm not sure. But, um, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's an it's a great podcast with just topics uh, you, you name it you guys cover the topics so there where else i know you got the new website updated as well where can we go for that yeah oh man so Suzanne and i's latest venture that we started at the end of last year is called you know it's our sns good stevieandsuzanne.com uh it's not just a shop you know it's a place where we send new le- newsletters to encourage people on how to live the good life you know uh, we've got amazing playlists. We come out with, you know, amazing uh, bucket lists and checklists and things like that. Uh, our specialty is candles. We, Suzanne and I are candle freak people. We've developed <laughs> our own line of candles. And so we're still coming out with those as well as some other merch items. And so we're developing our shop right now. And we really, really love it. We're having a really good time. We've got some cool stuff. We're actually shooting our summer campaign a little bit late, but we're shooting our summer campaign. And so if you guys want to learn more about what we're up to and how to get connected to us, just go to stevieandsuzanne.com, sign up for the newsletter. We're not going to spam you. We're going to send you encouragement, inspiration, and we hope that you would join our family, man. We, we're having a good time. And guess what, Jeff? We need to send you a candle, man. A candle, yeah, man. we're going to send you one. A candle to, to light the yeah. ways. That's oh. right. <laughs> hey, I, and I, I just want to add, you know, my husband, he's amazing, right? He's just got all this, amazing wisdom, prophetic words. Can I just say, if you go on his Instagram, he's also hilarious and you he is can, a goofball. You and catch me on the podcast. Wears, I'm just in a different zone. And he know? wears wigs and does skits <laughs> and accents. And I mean, it's bizarre and crazy. He doesn't have a wig on right now, thankfully. But hey, um, we're going to have to connect on Instagram because I'm learning how to do Instagram, you know, with my real personality. So we got to connect oh, on there. Oh, he's got you sure. there. Put, you don't even need a wig. Just put a pair of shorts on your head and people love it. You and, know, and, I think it's a great time. And lastly, you know, Stevie and I have been, um, you know, working the past two and a half, over two and a half years um, on what we feel like we're being called to share, right? Which is this message about cultivating the good life. And we are currently writing a book. And I'll just say that we are not, we've never done this before. And so it has been quite a journey for us. So if anybody's listening, if you felt like this word today has blessed you in some way, can we just ask you guys in return, just keep us in your prayers and your thoughts for this journey ahead. We want God to be the author of this book, which is why we've been taking a lot of time to let him steward this process for this book. And man, we are learning a lot and God is dropping so much knowledge and he's sharing a lot of his secrets with us. And I mean that in the best way. So we're really excited to unpack it in this book and God willing, get it out to the public and into the world, hopefully next year. So we should, we've got deadlines. That's what I was ask. So next year? <laughs> yep. Next year, baby. 2023 fall is what is where we're looking at right now. All you know, goes well. Unless there's another pandemic or something. So. God right. well, well, maybe sooner then, if that's <laughs> yeah. the case, right? Uh, well, well, I think what I, f- I feel like as we close today, the theme of this podcast is it's got Ephesians 3.20 written all over it. Right. As we think about the good life, we think about where that comes from. Not to, you know, not to him who is able to do more than we could ever hope for, ask or imagine, right, through his power. Like that's what that's the abundance that comes with the good life. And I think that's if we could all lean into that. Boy, that's where the power that's where the power source is. Right. Oh, man. Thank you, Jeff. That is so encouraging. My my friend said it recently. You know, he was like, he called me. He goes, God that God is good. It's not, 
he's he, he is good, but he is good. God is, you know, yeah, like it's God literally is literally the encapsulation of good. He is good. He and never he, he never and you can't that. spell good without oh, no. God. Oh, Why are you all? Why can't I, every time I say that on the podcast, Jeff, he's like, he rolls his eyes and he's like, Dad, you got to think of another thing. God, you can't spell good without God. Try to do it. You can't. Those are, those are in the category of mom jokes, which are way worse than dad jokes. So we have to. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. And I'll there leave you, you with the, the end of that verse. Remember, it says, according to the power that is within us. That's the key. It's the, wow. the power that is within us. It all resides within us, those of us who are believers. And when you lean into that and you listen, you get off the exit when you're told, you trust, and, and you really start to look for the good, even in the days that maybe don't feel so good, and experience then the good life is the abundant life that, that, that Jesus said he had come for, for us. So, man, you guys are awesome. Can I just hang out with you more often? Can I come to Austin? Hey, we would on, love that. You've got a place to stay. I mean that when you come. I'll tell you this, though. Don't come right now, man. It's, it's 100 been 100 degrees, degrees yeah. consistently, and we are cooked, and we're, we are out of here, yeah, man. I don't know where we're we got to go somewhere. We're getting fried out here. Don't come up here. It's hot as you know what in Cincinnati as well right now. So it's been, Really? Oh, yeah. We had, ni- we had 90s all last week. So We were at You're a right. wedding in the summer we in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and it what? was hot. They didn't. Hey, no, don't do not tell your favorite co-podcaster that you were in his city and never even let him know. This was wait five was years ago. Before, this was this before. was five years ago. Yes, it was. Way oh, before. Well, then, then you're off. Oh, the hook. I would have hit you up. I would have hit you hook. up, and I would have one hundred percent. If we're ever there, we're we're coming over. You know, you never know. I might make it to a Bengals game one of these days, and if I do, hey, I'll we got hire. a team now. We got a team. I know. I know. I was rooting for you, man. I was rooting for the Bengals. I don't. Yeah. I'm heartbroken for you. Well, that's great. You all know you have a place with me anytime you're in the in the neighborhood. So we would love to have you. Thank you again. We've uh, we'll go to the podcast. We're gonna get everybody to go to Stevie and Cezanne. It's S A Z A N Stevie I E and Cezanne dot com. Uh, follow these two. They're not just influencers. They're just amazing human beings who are figuring it out as they go along in their journey of faith so that we can follow along and learn from them. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you soon. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.